Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Patrick Beverly has been taking advantage of the NBA's new rule to not test for marijuana because apparently he wants 13 to $15 million per year on his next contract. We're going to talk about why that's crazy for Pat Bev. We're also going to talk about DJJ picking up his player uh, option and doing our player evaluations, continuing those this time on Nikola Vucevic. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, even in the offseason. If you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes, that's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And if you want to follow the podcast, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. But let's go ahead and get into it for today. So Patrick Beverly on his podcast, you know, talked about how much he loved playing in Chicago, how much he appreciated the opportunity, and then went on to say that he hopes to stay here. But on his next contract, he's looking to make 13 to $15 million per year. Now, Patrick Beverly was at the start of the season on an $8 million contract, a little over $8 million with the Los Angeles Lakers. He ended up getting bought out. He comes to signs with the, uh, for the vet minimum with uh, the Chicago Bulls. And then when you look at all of that, like he had a $13 million contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves the season prior. So when you look at Pat Bev and his 13 to $15 million per year, and here's what I'll say, right? I've always been of the mindset that if you can go out and get that money, go get your money, right? But the, the Bulls are not prepared and will not give Patrick Beverly a contract of that size for a couple of different reasons. One, yes, Patrick Beverly came in and made an impact for this team. He brought the leadership, the vocality, all these things that the Bulls absolutely needed at a time where we, a lot of us did not think that the Bulls could go out and find an identity out on the buyout market, right? He was complete opposite from when we got Tristan Thompson on a buyout the season prior. Tristan came in, uh, initially had some you know promise there that we thought he was going to be, but ended up being a big Nothing for the Chicago Bulls. Pat Bev wasn't that, right? I cannot take away from the impact that Pat Bev had on the Chicago Bulls team, the leadership, the communication on defense, the, the, the making big shots at times, especially when you look at that last regular season game we played against the Miami Heat. Pat Bev showed up hugely for the Bulls at times when he came here, right? But no, he did not have the, the impact that you can look at that and rationalize 13 to $15 million per year. And then when you look at just the finances of it, the Chicago Bulls, even if they renounced every free agent that they had, that means that they, they're not going to re-sign any free agent. That means Vooch, Kobe White, Io DeSumo, Javante Green, Andre Drummond if he walks out. That's if every free agent that we have, we do not re-sign. The Bulls only at that point would have $16 million in cap space. $16 million. So you mean to tell me that we're going to give 90% of that to 95% of that to one player that's over the age of 30 that, again, while a solid point guard is by no means even a star-level player in this league, and we need so much to change and add to this team. We need to add to this team. At that point, you're only taking away, yes, you're adding Pat Bev theoretically, but you are not adding an overall talent to this team if you do that. But let's look at the flip side. The Bulls do sign some of their own free agents. They have a mid-level exception um, of 
of I think the mid level acceptance is about eleven, eleven and a half million dollars. Are we gonna get we did not even give all of that, right? Well, look, we didn't use all of that this this season. A ten point one million dollar mid level exception. You think we're gonna use all of it to re-sign Pat Bev? No, it's not happening. So the writing on the wall may be there that Pat Bev is not gonna be a Chicago Bull long term. And if that happens, it's fine, right? When you look at some of the other free agents that could be out there in the market, uh, Mike Conley, who has, you know, a partially guaranteed contract that they could get out from under that contract. You have Trey Jones, who could be available in the free agent market as well. Heck, at this point, are we making a call to Chris Dunn over something like that, who came in and showed some things for the the Utah Jazz? All I'm saying is this. It sucks that we're possibly not going to bring him back. And maybe this is just posturing. Maybe this is him, him, and his agent. You know, it is what it is. When, when you get to this point, especially when you have had an impact for a team, posturing is important for players in negotiation. So maybe it's that. And overall, you know, here's what I'll say. I, I did have initial hope that they would bring Pat Bev back. When you hear a number like that, you kind of have to come off of that. Yes, the Bulls went 14-9 and at, at having Pat Bev after the All-Star break. All the numbers are there, right? And the biggest thing that I think, I think we can find a player to replace the impact on the court of Pat Bev as far as the stats. But the Bulls then would have to go on and hope that somebody steps on as a leader. That's the biggest thing. And that was one of the more concerning things and even with bringing in Pat Bev is that you found your leadership out on the buyout market and that you have three players here making over $20 million that aren't giving you that, right? So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully somebody steps up as a leader. So or maybe we can go out and find that. But if that's the money Pat Bev wants, it's highly unlikely he's going to get that here in Chicago. Let me know what you guys think down below if you're on the YouTube side. What do you think about Pat Bev wanting that level of contract? And do you think there's a world in which the Bulls get close to that maybe? I, I, I don't know. I really I look at it maybe if the Bulls do use the disabled player exception for Lonzo Ball, which would give them an additional $10 million basically. At that point, maybe do you use that to re-sign Pat? I, listen, not sure. Uh, the Bulls got to get creative. They got to get to work. But you know, shout out to Pat Bev for hey, setting his value, I guess. Um, but, hey, here we go on that one. Uh, and speaking of player options, DJJ has picked up his player option for $3.3 million. He'll be back on the Chicago Bulls. And I, I see no negatives at all with DJJ coming back to the Chicago Bulls. None. This is one of the few players that I'm going to look at and say, hey, listen, I understand that when you look at his role, playing out of position primarily, not having a consistent role on the team, being up and down, he'll play for three games in a row, not play for three or five games in a row, or very minuscule minutes. But DJJ is a player that's always ready. I called him at started in the middle of the season to say, we should start calling him stay ready because he stays ready. He always found a way to contribute to the game positively, right, where there was the defense, where there was the rebounding, where there was block shots, where there was, you know, the highlight reel dunks, changing the momentum, getting out in transition, getting steals at times. DJJ is still only 26 years old, so I'm not mad at that, right? When you, when you look at the, the contract that he's on, that's not going to hurt the Bulls from, from, from helping adding talent to this team. And if anything, I do think that this may signal that Javante Green probably isn't coming back, which is probably already a foregone conclusion. But, you know, the Bulls could end up trading DJJ, right, because they, because they know he's going to pick up that option. So there's a lot of other options, you know, there. But I'm, for one, and not mad if DJJ stays on this team. I think he has earned a role. I think the way that he's played for the Bulls and, uh, and the way that he's responded to, you know, really inconsistent and even playing out of position, being the backup center for this team for so long, and that really even being the times where he gives the most is when he's playing out of position. I would hope and I wish that this team changes enough on it to where DJJ can play a more natural position and then we can really even get more out of DJJ because I think he's a heck of a player at the level that he's getting paid. Is he a star-level player? Heck no. Is he a player that 
This is probably going to be in contention shit for any postseason awards. No, but he's the kind of guy that you need on your bench that can just come in, can be a Swiss Army knife, can play a lot of different positions, and is familiar with the city and with the system. So I'm not. I I see no negatives in DJJ coming back. Personally, I look at it as something that's like, hey, we need a guy like that. Every team should have a guy like that off the bench that just can contribute no matter what. And DJJ is that. So you know, let me know what you guys think on DJJ. Do you do you? Do you like the, 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 the prospect of him coming back? Do you think the Bulls, if he does opt in, should look to maybe move him, include him in a trade? Both could be true as well. Let me know your thoughts down below. All right, we're doing our player evaluations to end the season. And today is probably one of the more polarizing players in Bulls community until we get to Patrick Williams, which may be tomorrow's episode. But this is Nikola Vucevic, right? Vuce, last season, averaging 17.6 points per game on 52% shooting. 34.9%, so basically 35% from three-point range. He took almost four threes per game. He had 11 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and uh, right under a block per game. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. True shooting percentage of 59.4 and a PER of 9.1. Now, I bring up stats because I want to put in perspective what they do, and stats don't mean everything. You kind of have to watch the game because when I get to a player like Alex Caruso, when I get those, uh, those evaluations, stats really don't mean as much for a player like that, right? Um, the, uh, uh, Vooch playing all 82 games this season. He actually led the league in minutes played by a center. He also led the league in overall rebounds. He had more rebounds than anybody else in the league, right? He also had a defensive rating of 109.7. For those that, that are advanced analytics people, um, you know, anything around the 110 area, that's solid, right? And I know in watching Vooch play games, watching him and how he contributes, he gets caught out of position a lot. As one-on-one defense isn't the best, that pick-and-roll defense needs some help uh, tremendously. But the thing is, is that I think with Vooch, and I've said this before, that Bulls Nation and Bulls fandom really look at what Vooch doesn't do and don't understand what he does do, right? Vooch, Vooch, Nikola Vucevic is one of, positionally, he's in the top 10 of every category for his position. And in the top Four to five in most, right? We're talking top 10 in score, top 10 in field goal percentage, top really top five in those two, top three in rebounds per game, at overall number of rebounds, number one, right? Even defensive rating. And then when you look at his box score plus minus, he does have, a, he is positive in that area, meaning he has a positive contribu uh, contribution to the game. His real plus minus is, is plus four, right? That's not, that's not hard, right? I mean, not, that's not easy. By any stretch of the imagination. And while in this offseason, a lot of Bulls fans are going to try to get, convince you, and we had kind of even a voicemail on that yesterday, that the Bulls can go out and just get a better center. I tell you what, statistically, the only other centers that are in the top 10 of every category for this position are Joel Embiid 
and Nikola Jokic. That's it. That's it. It's Nikola Jokic. Jovic is the one in uh, is the one in Miami. Nikola Jokic. So meaning that yes, Vooch has his issues, and I do think that with a better roster construction, we can help cover up some of those issues. But while you can go out and find a center that is better defensively than Vooch, you're not going to find a center that has his level of passing. Right? You're not going to find a center that can have this mix of scoring, rebounding, and what he's able to do. Um, in that passing game and help be the motor of that offense. The way that I see with Nikola Vucevic, and when you look at his, where he gets his points, how he scores, things like that, um, Nikola, Nikola uh, is, right now, when you look at it, 60, he scores 66% on less than eight feet from the basket. He shoots the ball 66% from there. That is not just elite. There's only one other player that does that. That is Nikola Jokic. Joel Embiid doesn't even score that well that close to the basket. Then you look at 8 to 16 feet, right? He scores 48% from those areas. You go on and then say 16 to 24 feet, 54%. Now, he only took 90 shots in that area, which, solid. That goes to some of that overlap with him and DeMar and where they like to score the ball in the mid-range. And then you look at 24-plus feet, right? He, he's uh, uh, 121 for th- 347 from there, 34.9%. That's that three-point per- shooting percentage. We know that we there are times where he just shoots too many threes in the defense, right? But when you really sit down to evaluate Nikola uh, Vucevic, you have to realize that the unique skill set that he brings, there are not players in the NBA, unless you're paying them max level money, that, that even get close to that level of production. But overall, like I said, I do think that depending on how they change this team, depending on how they reshape this roster, depending on what level of talent they can bring in, they, they can, and the Bulls can, and I'm not saying that they just absolutely won't go out and get it. You can find a defensive center that can pass, and, you know, it's just are the Bulls willing to pay that, right? Are they going to go out? Because that's probably not going to be out on the free agent market unless Jacopoto is there, and, you know, that's the guy that if the Bulls do move on from the Chicago Bulls, I do look at, at, at Poto as being the, the guy to me that I would love to see them go to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how they're going to go. But when you look at the questions, and, and for all intents and purposes, it may not even be on the Bulls if Nicholas stays or goes, right? That could really be up to him. He could really look at this situation with the Bulls. He could really evaluate his age in the league and want to go to a situation where he feels he has he's going to have the better chance to win a title and to get into that area, and he wouldn't be wrong for that, right? So it, it, it ultimately sees, but when we're looking at the season and evaluating the season by Nikola Vucevic, the only thing that I can I, – I, let, me, let me just – we had a sub-500 season. So it's not going to be any. I didn't even give Zach Levine a B, and I mean an A, and neither did Demar Derozan. So I can't give him an A, and I wouldn't, right? And he's and the, the defense alone would keep him from getting that. But I'm giving Nikola Vucevic a solid B minus C plus because of what he's able to do, because of how he elite he was at his position, because of everything he's able to do. And I do think that some of the issues that we've seen from him is because of roster construction. I don't think we put Nikola Vucevic in the best situations defensively all the time. Now, a lot of that is still on him. I'm not saying it's all not on him, but a lot of that, if you if you watch the games, you'll see that like his guards don't always put him in the best situation in pick-and-roll defense. We don't communicate on defense, and he is a veteran, so you still have to hold him accountable for that, but I do think that that shot profile of his would change considerably if he wasn't playing next to DeMar DeRozan, right? And so DeMar, when he operates as a low-post to mid-range scorer, it changes some things. It changes that shot profile for Nikola Vucevic because a lot of the ways that he would like to score, if you guys watched the episode me and Duncan did on the channel in which we really talked about Nikola Vucevic's game and, and how he scores better on, you know, getting to, the, on getting to the basket, not really being a true back-to-the-basket post-up player, some of those opportunities are taken away from him by the nature that the way we play the game and also head coach Billy Donovan 
not going to him in certain situations where he was cooking early in the game. So all those are have been issues for Vooch, for the team. And so, like I said, solid B-minus, C-plus for me, for Nikola Vucevic. And I can't wait to see you guys and what grades you give him. I've been trying to be better on posting um, these evaluations and letting you guys vote on them as well over on the community tab. So if you're on the YouTube side of things, go and check that out. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the evaluations you guys already gave. So as far as Zach Levine, uh, I put the vote out there. 13% of you guys gave Zach Levine an A. 67% gave Zach Levine a B. 18% gave him a C. 2% gave him a D, 0% of F. Yeah, I, you know, the, you know, the D is confusing to me, but hey, play, people are weird. Um, and then as far as DeMar DeRozan, um, he got 9% vote for A, 63% of B, 25% as a C, 2% D, and 1% gave DeMar DeRozan an F. So that's where we sit currently on your evaluations for the two players that we've done. I'll get Nikola Vucevic over on the community tab as well. Before we go, though, got to talk about DeMar DeRozan. He came in third place in voting for the Clutch Player of the Year. I think last season he would have ran away with that award, uh, but it ends up going to De'Aaron Fox, who earned that. He led the league in overall points scored in clutch situations. So shout out to De'Aaron Fox there. Jimmy Butler was third. Then you had DeMar DeRozan, and then Jalen Brunson was fourth on that list. DeMar may win that award next season. Does he win it in the Bulls uniform? That leaves, that remains to be seen. But DeMar wasn't as clutch as what he was the season prior. Also, the Bulls didn't win enough clutch games. We were one of the cl worst clutch teams in the NBA, those other teams actually won more in the clutch. So it really kind of hurt DeMar DeRozan's chances there. Hopefully the Bulls are in a much better situation and we're a much better team winning. And then we'll see if DeMar can get that award next season. But that is it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break Media. Media.